and welcome to the Making of an Exception podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, this podcast is for anyone who's looking to be inspired, to gain new perspective on life, or is aspiring to live out their faith in whatever field they find themselves in. Each week we'll be interviewing influencers and creatives who are exceptions to the rule. The fact that they've gone through what they've gone through, walked through the challenges and pain that they have, and have been gifted the way they've been gifted is what makes them an exception. Our goal is that you'd hear this story today and you'd be inspired and challenged to be an exception in the making. This is Kirk Graham. You are listening to the Making of an Exception podcast. And today we've got Megan Gonzalez with us. What's up, Megan? What's up, Kirk? Thanks for being here. Uh, You are an exception to the rule. That's the whole point of the podcast is because of who you are. Uh, I've known you for a while. You and your husband, Jason, J-Dog. Dude, he's the best in the world. He sure is. He is. Uh, But you are the best in the world as well. And uh, you've built a creative business and creative studio and super gifted, super skilled. And the fact that you are who you are today, um, passionate about the local church, passionate about Jesus, um, but you're successful out there doing it. Um, And you have a huge following. I look up to you guys so much and I'm excited to be able to talk about your story. So let's start. We'll just do it. (laughs) Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, So yeah, where are you at today? May May Co. is your company. And if you want to explain a little bit of that and as well as like your family and you have a dog, right? Yeah, I do. Hope. So May May Co. is my creative studio and I, it's always evolving. And what I do right now is I help people with their branding and their marketing Uh, through visuals. So whether it's graphic design or Mm -hmm. photo direction or styling, I help people with campaigns or just maintaining the look and feel of their business. Yeah. So uh, what's, what is styling? Cause I, I see it out there and I feel like it's a fake thing. (laughs) Now all the stylists out there are like, hate me now, but I'm just saying like, what is styling? Like I see a lot of like pictures with, you know, like color palettes Mm-hmm. And like, and, and, but then you just, it, I've got a paper color palette and then the next photo is like, mm. it's like, I've used different colors of sand mm-hmm. color mm-hmm. palettes and like, it's like way artsy, but like, what is it? Yeah. I'm trying to imagine what pictures you've seen that you're describing. So what do you mean when you say it? sometimes it feels fake? I just, I just mean like, I've, I've, I'm not familiar with the term. Sure. Sure. So yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it just seems. What is a stylist? Like you pick people's clothes out. Like I've heard that. Sure. Yeah. Stylist. So styling can apply to a lot of different mediums. Mm -hmm. So clothing, wardrobe could definitely be one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, What I mostly work in is still life and product styling. So what that means is if you were looking at an ad in a magazine and you saw somebody uh, eating cereal and, you know, you can see somebody sitting there in their outfit, in the space with the spoon and the napkin and all of that. And you kind of can feel a story or get a sense of a style from the photo, the stylist, along with some other people, art director, creative director, Mm -hmm. they set that photo up, and obviously the photographer, um, so that you get like a little sliver of a story through a photo. So what I've really been learning from styling is there's so many different layers of it 
Yeah. Um, and what I'm really passionate about is all of the, the work that goes into before you get to the set. Yeah. So preparing the storyline and figuring out what are the best things to bring to support the product that you're styling yeah. so that you tell the best story and that you can get your audience engaged and they can either see themselves in that product or they can see how they need that product. Yeah. So I'm really passionate about the setup of it. Yeah, when you say you you do you specialize in stills yeah. like in styling, that's like for like a print ad or like right. a, like um, I mean you say campaign, but it's like something that's going to go in a bunch of magazines. Yeah, or exactly. Like digital digital stills. A lot of digital stuff. A Are lot of Instagram stuff. Ads online. Got website it. material. So you're setting up a photo. Yes, exactly. That's the other thing that is like it's fake because it's obviously I, a totally, set, it's totally, totally. So you're trying to evoke uh, somebody who's looking at the picture a certain feeling, right? A certain desire, whatever, yeah. to buy a product to do a uh, exactly whatever. right. And I, what I was interested in knowing why you said fake yeah. is because one of my favorite parts of styling is like the the juxtaposition of something that feels really real because you're trying to evoke a strong emotional response. Yeah. But everything you're doing is so fake. And yes. I actually love that. Like, I love the idea of this isn't working. So what can we do that's fake that will make it feel or look how how you would think it should look? So, like, if I'm styling something, we might put some kind of lift underneath it. So basically, the object isn't laying flat. It's actually Got completely it. tilted. And no but it looks it looks flat in the photo um, or this might be TMI, but I think it's really funny. <laughs> I worked with this company and um, they sell tea and we couldn't get steam to come out of the cup because it was really hot out. And so yeah. um, we microwave tampons <laughs> and what? they make steam. So it's like things like that where you're like <laughs> fabricating these uh, scenarios so that it okay, looks Okay, how did real. you get to the point where you knew that microwaving a tampon was okay, steam? Okay, well here's the really weird part is so on set, uh, there's a lot of people. So yeah. you have the photographer, me. So a whole crew. There's a whole crew yeah. of us. So on this specific set, um, one of the Digitech, so he's somebody mm -hmm. that's helping the photographer. That's the title I would want, by the Digitech. way. Digitech. Wow, I didn't that even know that cool. was cool. You kind of sound like a Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's what I want. Um, Charizard, the yeah. Digitech. <laughs> but he was like, oh, you know what might work is microwaving tampons. And we're like, how do you know that? Yeah, and like, then, that's weird. Like, right. that guy's like... Yeah, like, and then the photographer, also a male, it's a good idea, he's but like, oh yeah, I've totally heard creepy. that. Yeah, so it's like no. these two dudes who had the idea. Tricks of the trade. Tricks of the trade. So now I'm always thinking when I'm when I'm trying to create uh, a scene, like what well, what are other materials and how do they behave so that we can like fake this yeah. if it's not working. So so in that instance, that created steam for the the tea. That, yeah. And so that's yeah that's what you're doing. You're creating something that's yeah. Somebody looks at that photo and they go, oh, that's a hot cup of tea. Yeah. Looks amazing. Right. They just don't know the steam came from that. Right. Wow. I'm never gonna look at. Uh, <laughs> Tea or tampons the same again my whole life. It's amazing. This is a great start to the podcast. It is. It seems really appropriate. <laughs> no, it's awesome. It'd be great. So tell tell me about your personal life and uh, you're married. Yes. And uh, how long you guys been married. And yeah, if you want to say anything about J-Dog. I want to say a lot about J-Dog. Um, so Jason and I have been married for almost 10 years. Congrats. Thank it's you. Amazing. Our anniversary is this June. And um, we're not secretly old. We just got married really young. We got married yep. when we were 22. We were in Japan on your ninth. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 
So uh, Jason actually just surprised me. We're going to Paris. No. For our, yeah, for, your for our 10 year anniversary. Stop so we'll it. be there for our anniversary. How long are you guys staying? We are going to be there like two and a half ish weeks. We're going to a few places. Um, it's like, oh, yeah, over half a month. Yeah, That's no insane. big deal. It's so exciting. He's literally 10 he, years. Jason is really passionate about uh, surprises. And yes. he just like loves planning things. He's so thoughtful. He's my hero. He's he's my hero too. In my phone, he's my hero, Jason Gonzalez. And one time at the Apple store, I was like getting help with my phone. Yeah. And they're like, oh, your hero is calling you. So that he's, let the world he's, know. He's my hero in my phone too. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's just Jason Gonzalez. So you guys going to Paris? Have you ever been to Paris? No, I've never been to Europe. Has he been uh, He's to been Paris? to Italy. Okay. Yeah. So this is the first experience. You guys are going to do the whole right. Eiffel Tower thing. Yeah, well, I am I'm kind of funny. I like push against all of the tourist spots. And so I'm like, you am I going to regret not seeing the Eiffel Tower slash I don't Wait, what, you're not going to even I see it? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you kind of have to, but I'm not really interested in that. Like I want to go to like, like flea markets and like go like dig around. So you don't want to go to the Louvre. You want I do want to go okay, there. So you're go I studied art in school yeah, yeah. and I've always wanted to go there. Got it. So I'm excited about that. Don't they have like an Apple store out, like like a cool Apple store out by their like glass triangle thing, like pyramid? Really? I don't know. I'll let I, you know. I just have a feeling about that. I'll let you know when yeah. I come back. Yeah, let me know. Visit the Apple store for me. Okay, I will. Not that I care about that. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Okay, so that's Jason. He's that's taking Jason. on an amazing trip. He, yeah, he's incredible. Uh, Jason is a writer mm -hmm. and he's worked in journalism, sports journalism. And right now he's working on telling stories uh, for a multitude of different, uh, I don't know what you call it, arenas, yeah. um, to use a sports term. Yeah. So he is working on writing a book about his grandma who died tragically and the story of how it affected everybody in her life after yeah. and the process of healing. Mm -hmm. And then he's also passionate about telling the faith stories of coaches and athletes. Yeah. And kind of like what you were sharing with me about your passion about this. Yeah podcast he feels like there's media for all sorts of different interests and yep. faith is a huge part of our world and so yeah. is sports and in, and in athletics too like exactly I, like i'm not a sports guy but i know a bunch of names that are like public about right. their faith right yeah but but it's not like i can go like read a bunch of interviews about it i can't right. like you know so if there was that right so that's what jason's creating yeah that's awesome so he's creating a publication that will share those stories yeah um and give people a platform to talk more about their faith because yeah. mainstream media doesn't want to ask the questions about that you know they may yeah. allow different athletes and coaches to like say something, um, but they don't dig into it. So he, yeah, for sure he's not. a big yeah. investigator. He loves af asking questions. Yes. So he's going to dig into it. And he won an Emmy. He sure did. Yeah, he did. Like a writing Emmy. A which real Emmy. Those out. Yeah. So when people see it in our house, they ask me, where'd you get that? Because they think it's a prop I found at or like a fake. vintage yeah, store. Like and I'm like, that's not mine. That's Jason's. And that's yes. legit. His name is on it. He won yes. an Emmy. It's amazing. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, tell us tell us about how you're raised. Uh, for those that are listening, uh, you are half Chinese, yes, and half Irish, yes, which is I awesome. Am. But you're raising that type of family. I was. Um, and where yeah, where did you grow up? I grew up in Bloomington, Minnesota. Yeah. Um, my mom is from Tucson, Arizona, and my dad is from Chicago. And they met in Northern California, mm -hmm. and then for my dad's job, moved here to Minnesota, and I lived here uh, with. 
my parents and my two younger brothers until I two was two bros. You have a sister. Two bros. No, just two bros. I met these si- bros. I have sister-in-laws. Super yeah. cool. Sisters-in-law. Yeah. Um. So we, yeah, we lived here, and then we moved to Phoenix when I was thirteen. And dad's job again. For my dad's yep. job, yeah. And that was that was really difficult and I don't regret it. I think that was a great When you're thirteen years old. Yeah, that's yeah. such a tough tough time to move. We moved um I li- I li- had lived in Wisconsin from first grade going into my junior year. We moved going into my junior year of high school. Oh, that's hard. And and we moved to North Dakota. Yeah. From to- Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and that was before I had Facebook or a cell phone. I didn't even right. have a cell phone yet. Yeah. Which is insane. So I lost yeah, it was like yeah. So the moving of you lose all your friends and all that yeah, stuff. Just tough for you. It is, yeah. And when you're thirteen, you're like just starting to develop kind of like those closer friendships. Yeah. Um, because you finally like have capacity you're for You're not that. just like buddies, but now right. you have like best friends. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And when my parents were sitting us three kids down to tell us that we are moving um, my friend called and, you know, like old school voicemail, like it read, it's like saying it out loud yes. as it's recording. Yeah. And she's like, Hey Megan, it's Elspeth. And I just wanted, you know, Sorry, what was the name? Elspeth. It's very Elspeth? unique. It sounds yeah. like, a, like an Elvish name. Elspeth. Like she's from Lord, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Elspeth. Elspeth. I've never heard that name in my life. I know. It's very cool. Peth? Peth. Yeah. Hmm. Elsa and then Peth. Mix them together. What a legend. Um, and so she's calling while my parents are telling me. So I just yep. am like, like screaming, crying, like bursting into tears. So drama. Yeah, you're ripping me away from my uh, Yeah, life. exactly. Um, and one of my brothers, cause we like, didn't even like know what Arizona was. Yeah. And one of my brothers was like, do they speak English in Arizona? Like it was just all so foreign to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we moved there and then I lived there until I went to college mm-hmm. and my, um, I went to Biola university in yep. Southern California. And yeah. What did you study? I studied fine art. Okay. Not just art, the finest of art. The finest of art. Yeah. That's why you're going to go to the Louvre. Right, exactly. You can do it. And then the Apple store. But um, back to my family, my, what do you want to know about my family? Yeah, yeah. so part of, part of this podcast is talking about the fact that you are highly successful in this world, whether you think you are or not. You, God's given you a great platform, uh, but also you love the Lord, and yeah. and there's a whole faith journey of that. Were you were you raised in a family? Were you raised in church? That type of thing. Yeah. What, what were the dynamics growing up? Yeah, I was raised in a, a family where faith and Jesus was really important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went to a church that was like right across the street from my house growing up in Minnesota. And my dad would pull us on a sled in the winter to church. No. Yeah. The best. Like just like a legit sled. You guys just, just like, yeah, just like, you know, a little string and then the there's the three of us and he's just going to church. Yeah. Pulling us. So that's what church. you remember growing up. You were always yeah. in church, all that. Yep. Yep. I remember walking to church. I remember Sunday school. Um, actually some of like my, like understanding of stories from the Bible are mm-hmm. all from Sunday school being a kid. And yeah. I went to a private school until I was in uh, seventh grade and even did like devotional time as a kid at yeah. school. Um, so God being real and having a relationship with him has been a huge part of my life and just almost like a fact of my life since I was young. Um, it, yeah, it is. It just is. Like, it just that's is. Yeah. yeah. God is real. I feel him. I talk to him. Yeah. Um, and when I was really young, I think I was four ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I understood like the idea like, oh, you 
you can ask Jesus to be a part of your life yeah. um, and come into your heart. And I remember being a kid and kneeling at the top of my stairs and like praying for him. To you come remember in my this? Heart. At four I remember years doing old. it. Yeah. No way. Um, and I remember one time my mom came and she's like, what are you doing? And I told her and she was like, well, you don't have to keep asking. It's just once. So, um, yeah, the Lord has been a big part of my life since I was four. Yeah, for your whole life. Yeah, for my whole That's life. That's awesome. I think I, when I think about a story like that, not that you haven't had moments of doubting or moments of pain or moments of kind of doing your own thing for a little while, but like your story seems to be one that I'm a dad of a three-year-old daughter and I would love that to be her story, that yeah. she just grows up knowing who Jesus is, grows up loving the local church, um, and and never strays from that. You know, right. my story in high school, I was kind of doing my own thing and had a tough four years of trying to uh, find satisfaction in a bunch of other things outside of Jesus. Yeah. And yeah, the fact that you are here and you have that story is proof that, you know, God is faithful and can be and it's and a lot of it is our choice like do we is he the lord of our life is he directing our path is he mm -hmm. uh, is he involved in our daily life and all that so you have yeah you have the story that i pray for my daughter to have mm -hmm. you know and my yeah. yeah my wife's pregnant so and our second daughter so yeah. like i want them to have that story of like they grew up in it but it became re very real for them it's yeah. not just like this is the grand thing or this is right this is the thing that you know this is our family this is right. what we do you know but it becomes very real for them at a young age and then they live it out for the rest of their life. And so yeah. it's just awesome. Yeah. God's yeah. faithfulness. Yeah. He it's sure amazing. Is. And when I was, when we moved to Arizona, mm -hmm. that was when, so then I was 13. That was a moment where I just, you know, I had been in a, a world where it was my decision, but yeah. it wasn't, I wasn't really different from a lot of people around me in, in yeah. my faith. My faith was sure. very similar to most people around me. And when we moved to Arizona, I went to public school for the first time. Um, Got it. Yeah. So you went from Christian school to public right. school. Right. Yeah. Yep. And it's just a very different culture out West yeah. versus here in um, Minnesota. And that was a time where I decided I for a second time, like this for sure is the way I want to live my life and who yeah. I want to be. Um, and you know, kind of like what you were saying, like we are looking for satisfaction in other things at certain points in our life. And that was tempting to me to want to look for satisfaction in like yeah. trying to be cool at school. Yeah. First of all, trying to figure out how to be cool at a public school when you have no concept of what's going on is so weird. Like yeah, totally. one of the things that was cool was like you would link arms with people as you walk down the hall. Yep, I, I I wasn't cool because Does that sound so <laughs> weird or what? And then yeah, they would like, make like announcements like no more than three to a link students. No. Like, yeah, so like weird. Like the principles on the overcome. Like, right. And yeah. like I had the high white socks and everybody had like the ped socks and I was like trying to catch up, you know. But yeah. like, you know, I think I was just very tempted to try to find satisfaction and uh, security in popularity or image or just trying to fit in. Yeah. Um, and just even, not even fitting in, like surviving. Like in, if you've ever seen the movie Mean Girls where she like eats yeah. lunch by herself on the yeah. toilet, like that was totally me. Really? Like, yeah, first few days I'm like had no friends yeah, and it was like yourself, just yeah. too scary to go in the calf. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a time where I decided I, yes, I still, I, I know the Lord is real and like this is still the decision I want for my life. Um, and wow. yeah, so. I, uh, as a side note, I was the kid that this is a legit story. I was in middle school 
And um, somehow we had, I found like an old microwave like out by our house, like behind our like like junkyard microwave, and I ripped it apart. And in microwaves, <laughs> in microwaves are these large magnets, like huge magnets. And I was like, this is so cool. And it was like super strong magnet. So I brought it to school um, to show my friends this magnet, like this is so awesome. And I realized that. Uh, all of our lockers because they're metal like the magnet would like stick to the locker and so I was the kid not linking arms with my crew I was like by myself I had a magnet in my pants like in my pocket and I stuck it to the the lockers and I walked I would walk down the whole hall this one day walk down the whole hall with a magnet just (laughs) and then right by the principal's office Mr. Fruit and he called me in his office and it was it was a nightmare but that that was (laughs) The story has nothing to do with your life. Um, I'm just saying that that was me in middle school, like the worst kid. Just I hope Mr. Bringing, Fruit yeah. is listening to this, and he's like, he might be. I don't know. There, yeah, he did. He actually he he loved the Lord. He's a good dude, and uh, yeah, he was like, you know better than this. Like you're a leader. Like I remember that conversation in his office. That's good. Um, yeah, which is yeah. Shout out to Mr. Fruit. He's the best. Stop, Mr. Fruit. I know. I love that guy. Um, it's awesome. So, how did you get into? design how did you get into the whole creative sphere that you live in today um did you just grow up like like megan you're so good at drawing or you're so like like you're everybody just tells you you're good at this stuff so it's a natural gifting or is it something you fell into right so growing up i the activities that i was involved in is i played violin nice so i played for 12 years um and then taught after so that was a big part of my life and then i was on the swim team you said you taught violin i taught yeah like teaching lessons yeah i'm I'm sorry suzuki yeah suzuki it's like a japanese method of got it uh, i thought it was like a type of motorcycle it also is that got it yeah i was not that cool so you did you did violin lessons and motorcycle lessons i did (laughs) at the same time (laughs) it's great it's kind of like a vegas show thing yeah um and then yeah so then i swam so those were like my two big things in my life you know elementary middle school high school college and I always felt really drawn to different creative things, but I'm not good at drawing. Um, I'm not good at, I would say, like the traditional fine art type of expressions. Yeah. Um, And so I don't think that that was like a very evident thing that I had any kind of talent in or interest in. Yeah. But there are certain things I remember from being a kid that I would get really passionate about. Like I would lay in bed. I've always been very high energy and I think I used to not get all my energy out as a kid. I would literally lay in bed for hours and I would just like think about stuff. And like one of the things I would think about is like rearranging my room and I would like rearrange my furniture in my room all the time. No way. Like Dewey decimaled my books. Like I was just like into like arranging and organizing. Um, I remember one time making this like paper boat with my brother Colson. Um, like finally we stopped playing with Legos. That's the thing when you have brothers is like they kind of dominate what yeah. you play. So well, I have two brothers yeah. and then our, the youngest is our younger sister. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's her nickname. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So the first words my sister ever said was like, she would just say like B-O, B-O, B-O. So then we just, that's what we called her our whole <laughs> life. Like somehow we called her B-O, which later, like, like in middle school, we found out like it actually stood for body odor. Right. And then it was like that, really like it stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we call her. So yeah. now we just call her B. What's up B? What's up B? Which is cool. That is. Nicknames are fun. So yeah, we dominated. Should we we played, yeah, boys we, played like dominate. we played hockey. She would be the hockey goalie exactly. and we would shoot right. pucks at her. Right. It was the greatest. So we did all of, you know, 
we played with all of their toys and like did all of that and like played with worms and um but one time we like took a departure from Legos and Worms and yeah. we were like making these boats out of paper. And I just remember like origami style. <laughs> sure. Okay. That makes it okay. sound better. I don't even know how we were making okay. it. But I just remember like having this feeling inside of my heart or somewhere where I just felt really excited and like yeah. really uh, like passionate about what we were doing. And yeah. I'll never forget that. I don't really even remember what it looked like that we were making. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, those. And then I would like do uh, like scrap, like I would cut out things from catalogs. Yep. Um. Back to church. I actually used to bring these catalogs from this company called Wild Wings and they sell paintings of like it's like hunting ephemera like yeah ducks and like what's ephemera duck. mean ephemera is just like like a fancier I've, word for like doodads like little what? trinkets <laughs> really <laughs> trinkets and doodads i understand trinkets, that doodads, never ephemera. heard ephemera in my whole life <laughs> we'll put okay. that in your yeah. show notes yeah, yeah. show notes of uh, yeah it's in yeah. there note to tissel um where i don't even know where i am anymore with this story you were t- you're talking about your ephemera. brother's dominating, oh, 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 you're yeah. making the paper boats. So I don't know why my parents let me do this, but I would bring these catalogs to church and yeah. I would bring a little like uh, trash bag. So I'm sure it was noisy and I would cut out stuff from the catalog and just throw my scraps in one bag and throw my good stuff in another bag. And just then sitting in service doing little just arts in, and crafts. Yeah, just a little, what's up? Just a little <laughs> ephemera action. And then I would like tape them to shoe boxes. So like stuff like that, I was always you like, like loved it. Yeah. yeah, I was like creating these really random little crafts. So fast forward to um, going to college. I remember my dad sitting me down in eighth grade and saying, "Where do you want to go to college?" And I'm basically like, "How?" Like, like I haven't how, even thought about it. Like, yeah, like what's college grade, slash yeah. what are the names of the college options? Yeah. And I said, "What's the best school?" And he was like, "Well, probably Harvard, but Stanford's closer, so Stanford." So I'm like, "Okay, cool. I'll go to Stanford." Yeah. And then. Um, when I went to high school, I was like at a very like high achieving high school. I don't know. Um, but everybody was like so smart and getting such good grades. And I'm like, I'm not going to Stanford because if you're going to Stanford and our grades are different, that's probably yeah. not my path. Yeah. So then I didn't know what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. Wasn't worried about it. Um, and then when I was making a decision about where to go to college, I really wanted to swim in school mm-hmm. and also wanted to go to a Christian university. And so through my dad's research. Um, also, I didn't really like know how to use the internet until I went to college. So I literally have no, I don't know how I would have known what college options were out there. Really? Yeah. Love you, Biola. I'm not trying to say you're my like last hope, but like kind of, um, you like didn't have a family computer or like you didn't have, we had dial up and it would go from my dad's computer all the way down the hallway into my parents' bedroom to like the fax outlet. And then if you like tripped over it, like while someone was on an internet session, it's like, who tripped on the court? No. And yeah. then it takes 20 minutes to log oh, back Oh, for on. sure. Yeah. You know, like. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah. How are you supposed to know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I went to Biola University. And you swam there. I swam there. So no that was like my main motivation. Was you didn't like, swim there. You swam. I swam. On the swim team. Yeah. I didn't swim yeah, yeah. to Biola <laughs> yeah. from Phoenix. We all understood that. Sure, I don't know sure. why I brought it up. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, you're swimming. Yeah. Were you a good swimmer? Yeah, I was a, I, I mean, was you, like a yeah. like out of a scale of five, maybe like a a three point nine. It's pretty you're pretty tough. Pretty good. On, but that's good. Pretty good. Um, I did go to nationals twice in college. Yeah, so you're good. So what's I mean, up? you're swimming. Yeah, so what's that's up? That's great. Um, anyways, 
when I was picking my major, I mm. really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, something I was really passionate about, or still am passionate about, is adoption. And yeah. so I thought, how could I become involved in adoption and like what is a career path for that? And so yeah. um, talking with my dad, we, you know, kind of brainstorming majors, law, that could be a really great yeah. uh, career path and I could help families with the legal process of adoption. Um, so that was going to be where I was going. Um, but I changed my major five times in my first semester. Cause I was no. like, no, I don't want to do that. Maybe I want to do English. No, like, I don't you didn't do just that. change Maybe. it in your head. You like, like legit. literally went to the registrar and no. changed it. If there had been like a fee, I probably wouldn't have changed it so much, but yeah, it was yeah. just like free. So you're like, yeah, just go. I want to try this. Yeah. Right. So, um, but before I went, like right before I went to college, maybe a month before I was like, I really want to study art. And my parents mm. are like, what, where did that come from? Yeah. Um, and my mom called the school and I'm really painting this picture. I was really helpless when I was 18, but truly I was. So my yeah. mom calls the school and she's like, well, you can't study art, um, at Biola because you have to have a portfolio requirement and you clearly have no work. I didn't save yeah, that boat from when I was have with my brother. Boxes. I have the shoe boxes. Come I don't have the boat. I had nothing. Lego castles. Right. None of that. Um, and so I was like, meh, that stinks. Um, and then I told some friends during interterm, like the space between your first and second semester, we were yep. training at school for swim, um, that I really wanted to study art. Hmm. Um, and then a few weeks later, one of them came to me and said, I just heard that they dropped the portfolio requirement to get into the art department. And I'm like, no questions asked. I know where I mean, the registrar is. Let me yes. go change it again. Changed my major. So thrilled. Um, family not as thrilled. Like they're trying to, they're like, what are you, what do are you doing? Like, what, where what, does yeah. this go? Seriously. Um, even had like an uncle call me, you know, trying to help me reconsider. And I was like, no I don't even know. I, I don't even know why I want to study it, but just I'm so drawn to it. I must do it. Obviously, I mean, maybe I know the answer to the question, but do you feel like, like where's God at in your life in this direction? Like, do you feel like it was just like a God thing or just totally hundred percent? I think Holy spirit was like moving in me and just like pointing out this passion and mm -hmm. like undiscovered skill that was in me. Um, and I think that there's probably moments where a lot of people feel drawn to something and they can't explain it. Yeah. So it can be really hard to make a decision to move towards that thing yeah. because you don't have an understanding of what's going to play out. It's like, not like a logical move. It's right. like it's just a feeling. A hundred percent. This is completely illogical. I mean, I guess if you went on like a deep examination of the things I was excited about, it makes some sense. Sure. But at the surface level, it really makes no sense. My first day of class, I couldn't find where the art department was. It was like in the old middle school department of it's like this old like locker room that they put the art department in. So I like finally find it and then we're like going around and we have to say our favorite artist. And I'm like, well, I don't know. And I don't want to say something cliche like Picasso. Yeah. And so I, I can't even remember the name of the artist, but my parents had a painting at their house. And so I said the name of that artist and, you know, to sound deep. Oh, yeah. yeah. And was I think legit, I did. Like, was it a legit painter? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea. Um, it's like a lo it local good. guy like sold his first piece right. like to felt your parents really somehow. Cool. Right. Yeah, that's nice. You had a name that nobody named. Exactly. Um, yeah. And in that class, we made furniture. And um, every time I would like go to the saw to like cut wood, I was like, Lord, help me not lose a hand. Have all my fingers, you all my hands. I made it. Um, I was I was sanding these like circular pieces of wood. I made this table that looked like a tree. 
and then had like a leaf as a top. Yes. And so the pieces to make the tree were circles and I was sanding it and I accidentally let go and it like flew across the room and there's one person in the room missed them. Thank you, Lord. So, um, yeah, that's how I started into art. And then it just kind of like bopped her. Of course, I changed my emphasis like three times as I would. So you, yeah, you finally got into the degree you wanted. Right. But then you had to figure out your emphasis. Right. So I never graduated with a true emphasis because I changed too many times. But what I mostly studied was photography and graphic design. Yeah. And then so that's how you like later on you started May May. So like you yeah. are done with college. Actually Go, started yeah. it in college. Oh, in college. Yeah. yeah so so I go started, there. Like, where did May May start? Yeah. It started as May May Papery, right? It did, yeah. Which uh, it sounds awesome. I just don't know what that means. Like, it's all uh, paper. paper. I mean, paper. obviously it's paper, yeah. but. The the E part makes it sound like fancier. Sure. It yeah. sounds awesome. Sounds more like ephemera. So how did it start and, and where is it today, that whole journey? So I met Jason at Biola our yeah. junior year. Um and he always teases me. I fell in love after one week, but I truly did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, we, he proposed to me um, my senior year yep. and we got, we got married um, after I graduated. And so I was going to make my own wedding invitations. So uh, before my last semester at school, I started making our wedding invitations and my dad saw what I was working on at home and he was like, that's really good. You could make money doing that. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, it was, it Never was it, so, yeah. uh, it was so affirming. Like my dad sees that this work is good and that I have a career, like I have yeah. potential in this. Um, and so I was like, well, let's make a little business out of it. I had a friend who had started a photography business. So yep. I'm like, can you tell me how to start a business? So I started a business. Um, and then, I'm very like 100 or zero. And yeah. so I'm like, well, let's do this business. So I start just like, I make a Facebook page about it and make a blog. Um, I start messaging everybody on Facebook that is like tagged as engaged and in my network. Yeah. Um, got blocked from Facebook like constantly. No. So I was basically spamming yeah. people. Yeah, totally. And the worst is when you're like copy pasting a message and you're like, dear Stacy. And then you like copy it like, and you oh, send I it to Lisa. Name. Yeah. Yes. And you're like, dear Stacy again to Lisa. Whoops. Yes. Um, did a few of those. And so that's how I built my business. Like I was meeting with people in cafeteria, random coffee shops, dorm rooms, like, cause it ended up being mostly people at my university. Cause that yeah. was the, you know, they were in my network. Um, and I was just starting it honestly for fun. It wasn't like my dream. Like yeah. one day I want to start a wedding stationary business and that's what I'm going to do. So that, that, that was the, the niche that was right. wedding stationary. Wedding stationary. Yep. yep. So, um, and I named it May May Papery because my brothers growing up called me May May. And really? it means little sister in Chinese. Yes, no way. Yeah. I'm the big sister. Well, now I'm physically now the, the, little the little sister. sister. Um, and papery just, I don't, I don't know where I, well, I saw that so word. Doing. Right. So I must've seen another business that had that name, um, to signify that they worked in the stationary world. Yeah. How did it, how did it become outside of just wedding stationary? Like yeah. now it's May May Co. Right. Uh, and you do all this, all, like a whole bunch of stuff outside right. of wedding stuff. Like what was that? journey so like you just had a have you ever have you had big opportunities or like a outside you didn't even look for that thing and it just like came across your table like yeah so the first year or two of my business it was like so much hustle of trying to get my name in front of uh potential clients or mm -hmm. people that I could work for 
after I graduated school, I actually had thought I would get a job and I, th- I wanted to work in magazine or book publishing, doing yep. designs of like covers and interiors and stuff like that. Um, and I just laughed like at how naive I was like that. That's a really hard job to get. And I didn't yeah. have any experience yet. Um, and so that ended up not being the path I went down, applied for a lot of jobs. I didn't get any like callbacks or anything. Um, so you're always just kind of on your own. Yeah. I've always worked for myself. Yeah. Crazy. And so it was like, well, I have this May May thing. So I did guess you do I an have internship to make it work. anywhere. I, I did an internship, yeah. um, at my student body at my university. Yeah. Um, and actually like my greatest takeaway from that experience is that my supervisor like wrote on my thing that like I wasn't very creative (laughs) and I was like so ticked by that comment that I was like I'm gonna show you who's creative um but aside from that it wasn't like you're the most creative uh, oh I mean you are I'm not trying to like toot my own horn but I felt like I have so much more either I can't express it or you don't see it or what but that just like put a fire under me yeah show you who's creative oh and you know what I did have an internship it lasted one day it was in downtown LA. I was driving to the internship. The car in front of me, it was Halloween. He had this weird dangly hand hanging off the back of his truck and it was so distracting and I crashed into him. And um, it was like stop and go traffic. You rear-ended him. I yeah. rear-ended him. Yep. Um, anyways, it was I made it way more dramatic than it needed to be and the gal I was going to intern for, she was a jewelry designer. Yep. Um had to come and pick me up at like a auto body shop no. and like brought Kleenex cuz when I called her I was probably like crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wait, why did it only last a day though? Because then um I think I decided I don't think driving down down LA is for me right now. Legit, it was like because I don't want to make the drive. No, I don't think that's why. I I'm trying to rack my brain why that was it. I don't know. TBD, what happened there? One That's, day internship. Yeah, one day internship. I'll tell you about one, a one day thing for me. I was in track and field in seventh grade and uh, d- determining whether or not I want to be a, a long distance or short distance runner. And I thought, you know what? I think I'm going to do long distance. Mm-hmm. And I thought I had it in me. Uh, and we we started the run like this, pra- the first day of practice, seventh grade. And um we started running and we ran by our house. It was like probably a mile and a half in. And we, then we're going to do like a, like a loop back to the school. Um, and I just, I just went inside my house and <laughs> didn't go back to practice. <laughs> so I knew I, so I, then I knew long distance wasn't for me. That wasn't for so I'm going to do, I'm going to do the hundred meter dash or the hundred yard dash, nice. whatever it is. And, uh, that's what I was going to do. So I got to my first meet. Yeah. Um, and this is the one day moment. Like I got to the, and I remember being so nervous. They're going to shoot the gun off. And, uh, and, and I'm looking left and right. I, and I had shoes from Payless, I think that didn't have cleats. Everybody else had cleats. Like I just had like running shoes from Payless is what we had, you know, it's great. And I just remember being so nervous. The gun goes off and it's my first race of all time. My dad and sister are in the stands and, um, and I start running and I kind of like, and I'm going as fast as I can. Like, like it's a short race. So I'm, I'm going as fast as I can. Like, and I remember looking left and right and I was, and I was so far behind, like everybody. I was la- I was in last, and so I, you know, I was already at a hundred percent. So I decided to give it a little bit more, and um, and I and I like I pulled my groin, oh. and then tripped. Oh, so then I'm laying on the ground, and I didn't. Um, I ended up not finishing the race. Oh, Kirk. <laughs> and uh, I quit track and field that day. Bummer. Just a little side. Did you story. do it? But you did hockey later. Yeah, but I played hockey my whole life. Okay. I'm just, okay. Yeah. So I mean. But I, 
track and field just wasn't my thing. So that's okay. Anyways, that's that's my, my one day experience. Everybody has a one day experience. Yeah. You try that thing and then you're like, nah. Yeah, totally. So uh, I don't know why you're talking about your internship. Oh, my internship. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so my one day internship. And so now it's May May Co. So that's now it's where we're going. Oh, yeah, yeah that's where yeah. we're going. That's where so we're what going. are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing today? So how did I get there? You, you, at one point, I remember you telling me you scaled your business, hired some people right. and experimented on like, how do we... How do we scale this business? Right. How do we make it more than myself? Right. Um, yeah. And you learn some stuff through that. What oh, was yeah. that like? Yeah. So those first two years where I was pouring a lot of um, effort into reaching out to people, meeting people, it really paid off. It was like yeah. planting a harvest where, you know, for two years, it's like there's nothing. You're just scattering so many seeds. Um, and then after that, it was. I started to get some recognition. I was always submitting my work to uh, publications and bloggers. And that was kind of like at the very, I started my business in 2008. So that was like at the very start of like uh, wedding blogs, you know, this is barely Twitter is starting. Um, and so you have better avenues to promote yourself outside of just direct one-on-one -on -one contact. Yeah. So, um, you know, I would never hear back from the editors I would submit stuff to, but then things started to stick um, and I would start to get things published, which would lead to getting clients that you weren't spamming on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I started to have people contact me where we had no connection. It wasn't like, oh, you know, your roommate is my sister's dentist. Yeah, can I? Can you cut brother. me a deal? Like, right, exactly. It was like it's legit business, Real and people. you're in demand. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, such a crazy turn. And I remember this one summer, I was like, I have 52 clients, what, like at once, just by yourself, at just me. And I remember I put my forehead on my desk, and I was like, I want to cry, but it's like so overwhelming. I literally have no emotions. And so it's funny you go from this like very desperate moment of I need work. Yeah, I, I couldn't get a bills, job yeah. after college. My student loans started like, you know, we're newlyweds yeah. and I have to make this work. And so you're you're working so hard to get anything. And then suddenly you have you 52 clients at once at once. And I remember thinking if I stayed awake for like two months, did you do all that stuff? Did you like I think so. I think I ended How'd up getting do it all done. I mean, I'm sure so much of it was so late. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So at that point, I was like, I need help. And so yeah. um, I brought in interns and then th who turned into employees. Mm -hmm. um, and then so at this time, we lived in a city called Lancaster in California in yep. the high desert. Shout out. If you live Never in California, you've probably only seen it driving to Vegas or somewhere that direction. Um, it's very windy there. And we moved here to Minneapolis mm -hmm. in 2012 for Jason's job. He got a job as a sports reporter for the Star Tribune yep. here. And so I moved my business here and had a call out for employees. And um, I remember the first summer we were here, I had like four interns and I was like, they don't know this, but they're like my only friends here. <laughs> this no is taking a dark turn. Okay, yeah, back to no. positive. So, um, yeah, so I had those interns and then um, started to hire employees. And there was a point in our condo where I had three employees. They're my, all working out of They're all condo. working out of my yeah. condo living room. Yeah. You, you've actually been to that yeah, one. Yeah, I, I just remember seeing like, thousands of stamps yes you had stamps everywhere. so many rubber stamps yes that was so minnesotan so many rubber stamps that's good um and 
so we were working out of my living room. Um, Jason worked at home sometimes, so he had like noise canceling headphones. Oh yeah. And then one day I had a photographer, videographer, a florist there, and we needed to spray paint some stuff. And it was like negative ten. It was February, and we had to open all the windows to spray no. paint. And and we were like, like we can't do this. This is yeah. enough. Yeah. So I ended up um, renting space actually at another condo that was two blocks away yeah, yeah. and that became my office mm-hmm. and so we all moved over there and it was such an exciting I had that space for a year yeah, you're um, building something yeah yeah it was so exciting it, it felt like these are the marks that mean you've made it to have employees sure. to have your own office to have this own space that you can make things in um, and the reason that my I had built up that staff was um, not only was I doing wedding stationery I was also working on branding projects mm-hmm. so through the wedding industry, um, people who had seen my work would start to approach me and say, would you do my logo? Um, yeah. Would you do business cards? And then from those from those experiences, I learned what does branding mean and how do you do it? And how do I apply these other things I know in design to that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we moved into this space, I had all this room and didn't have to like clean up every day to like make my living room back to normal. And I started to really play with um, styling the stationary work and branding work that I was doing and was really excited about it and was having a lot of fun um, doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so during this time of scaling up, something that I wasn't uh, diligent in was like figuring out like what are all the best financial moves it was all like very knee-jerk like there's spray paint and windows open and all these people in the house like we need a new space yeah or like so i was just out of the demand of right. like what was coming down the pipeline like very we just gotta do this yeah yeah i have 52 clients i need help you know yeah. it was all like everything i was doing was very like triggered by something that felt overwhelming yeah. Um, and so, and, but everything had always worked out, you know, like yeah. I didn't make a business plan for Mei Mei. I just started it on a whim in college and yeah. like, it just worked. Yeah. Um, and so during this time of scaling up, it was like, I was going into debt, but I was like, I'll recoup this. Like, yeah. this is no big deal. And then the debt felt like it was just never going to end. And like one day I was like, I, I'm so overwhelmed. I thought having help and having a space would mean I would have less stress, but now I have more stress. Yeah. Um, and I'm not at my house, you know, making it a mess with all this stuff, but like, I'm also not at my house. Like yeah. I'm here. Like I rem- and I could see my other, my condo from yes. the window of yeah. my other place. And I remember just looking at it in the dark and being like, what is happening? Um, and I just was so overwhelmed. And so one night I was looking at a project at home and I was so frustrated by it. And I was like, I'm done. Like, I do not want to do this anymore. And Jason's like, I fully support you. Like, if you really want to be done with May May, like be done with it. Yeah. Um, and which it's an awesome husband move. Oh like, yeah. Jason. He, yeah. He is, you know, he's not like on any of my business stuff, but he is completely the other half of the business, yeah. not just like of me as a person, but like he supports the business fully. You know, my first two years I called my unpaid internship. And so he supported me and he yeah. helps behind the scenes with everything related to the business. Yeah. You guys separate note, you guys bought a house and fully redid yeah, it just by we yourselves. Did. We did. And Jason did That's most crazy. of it. Yeah. When I think back to it, I'm like, if I knew how much work that was going to be, I would have been really hesitant. But you kind of go what's into the it hashtag. Uh, uh, Willow, Willow something? Wonderland MN. 
Willow Wonderland MN. Look up that's the hashtag house. on Instagram. Yeah. And yeah, that's their house. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, so Jason was fully supportive. And so I decided I'm going to, you know, at this point I'd run 60 grand in debt. Crazy. And I was like, like, I don't even know how to fix this. And so, um, the, my staff, they were amazing. Some of them stayed on for different lengths to help me finish different projects. I returned deposits to some people where I was like, we're not very far. Like, I'm just going to give you your money back. Helped align some of those clients with other people, um, for future work. Um, and I was like, it, it was kind of like a roller coaster, like of what I was trying to decide to do, but mm-hmm. I was advised file bankruptcy and get a job. And I was like, bankruptcy, that seems like a really dirty word. Like, I don't yeah, know like, if I want to do that and like get a job. I don't, I've like, no one ever hired me before. So how could I get a yeah. job? Um, and so I was like, you know what? I'll just do wedding stationery. Like let's scale it back Go to back the original. To what you did, yeah. So I moved into an awesome co-working space one of my employees came with me and we did wedding stationery. And then I was like, I've been really far removed from the client on this end of the business for a long time now. Yep. And sometimes they cray. And I just like. Sometimes your cl- clients are cray. Sometimes brides have like yeah. moments where they become not themselves. And that's, it a, was, that's a really nice way to put it. Wow. it it was so challenging to work with the demands. And I was already kind of like emotionally fragile yeah. and just was like, I do not want to do this actually at all. Yeah. And so I was like, I, um, so my final employee, she got another great job and she left and I went to the guys who own the co-working space and I was like, Hey guys, I'll be moving out soon. Cause I'm applying for jobs at target and I'm going to start working there. And they're like, what? And, but I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And so, um, I stopped taking like all business, like just no, no business. I'm applying for all these jobs at target. Um, and I'm like, well, I've, I've done a lot. And like, you know, you assemble your little resume and portfolio and you're like, this looks pretty good. I think I could get a job there. So went to several interviews, informal meetings, all sorts of things. Um, and I, I was really unknown. It was either like, so you've never worked anywhere in your life? And I'm like, well, I've been doing this. Like I've literally He's had like, hundreds of clients, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was one side. Or the other reaction was, we have no idea why you would want to work here. We feel like we would carry your line. Like this would be like, what are you doing? Like, you know, and you're like trying so the, to. So the, so the quality of the products you can create, they're like, this is right. why would you want to work for us? Right, right. So it just felt like so unknown and it was really yeah. frustrating. And I was like, well, not only am I crazy in debt. Now I don't even have, I've like run myself out of a job. Um, and so I was like, what am I going to do? And I was meeting with older business owners at the time and asking them, I met with five different people. Uh, what did I do wrong? Um, like what, what could I do better to fix this? And, um, you know, one of the pieces of advice was, um, you know, file bankruptcy, get a job. Another, another person told me like, just keep the stationary side. Um, another person actually, Pastor Lindsay, yeah. she talked to me a lot about like putting the Lord first and all the things I did, um, wow. and like changing my mindset on yeah. my business. So to that point, um, yeah, wh- wh- how are you with the Lord as you're like, man, I feel like God out of nowhere directed me to this path. Like I had this idea in college, it has taken off, yeah. it's skyrocketed. And you feel like you're doing everything, like trying to do what God's asked you to do. Yet you find yeah. yourself in debt, yeah, overwhelmed, stressed out of your mind. Yeah, 
like not knowing, taking accept, like, like on the faith side of things, what were you feeling at that point? I felt really lost and like, I didn't know who I was going to be if I wasn't quote may may. Yeah. Like if I worked at another business, I was thinking like, what do I do with like, like my Megan website? Gonzalez. Yeah. Like I'm Megan Gonzalez now, not may may. Like I don't know who Megan Gonzalez is because mm. I've really built my identity on my business for the last seven, eight years. Wow. And so I don't even, I don't really see value in that person. And like, I felt just really lost and in relationship to the Lord, it felt really like desperate, Yeah. but angry, not angry at God, like angry at myself Yeah. and then just like really desperate, but not quite believing like things could get better. Yeah. And kind of, I, you know what, something I really felt, and this is something I felt a lot growing, like since I was really young is well, I shouldn't trouble God with this problem because like I caused this. Yeah. Like God didn't tell me go hire people and go get a studio space. Like I did that. So yeah. I caused this mess. So I'll fix it. Isn't that crazy? That, that, yeah. What an amazing point. I think most people feel that way. Like, like when they screw up or with that. And, and for you, it was like you, it's not, it's like an innocent thing. You're like trying to keep right. up with the demand of your business. Right. So it's not like this sinful deal, right. like addiction, whatever it may be, but like, even that, like whatever, however we get ourselves in these situations, like I feel bad about what, what I got myself into. So I need to dig yeah, myself out. Right. And you kind of like, you kind of want, you feel like the right thing to do is to leave God out of the conversation because you're like, yeah, I did this, you know? Totally. But the point of who God is, is the fact that we can't, like we can't save ourselves like spiritually, but also everything that we right. do, how we live, the businesses we try to build, the family that we try to lead all that, like every aspect of our life, we are broken. We right. are, we do have like weaknesses. We do have failure at times. We do have sin in our life, like whatever it may be. We can't, we're like, we dug the hole. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But we like, we're, we're never going to be able to do it on our own without right. God. And that's for the whole sure. point. God's like, yeah, I want to be in that world. Right. I think a lot of people, when they think about in speaking about like the local church, when people think about, I could never go to church because I've dug myself into right. this thing or that thing or this way of living. And I don't even know what I believe. And, and the way that people think about churches, they have to figure all that stuff out right. on their own before just walking in as they are and yeah. coming to God, God can handle all that stuff. And so, yeah, I understand that feeling of like, man, I, cause I, you know, the mistakes that I've made in life, I felt that like, man, I des I deserve this, you know, right. which is, that's the truth. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Like right. what we earn because of our failure is death. But what we forget is the actual gospel is that Jesus died for us. And it's this free forgiveness, this free, like, I'll help you out of this. As soon yeah. as you allow me into your life, I'll help you out of this. So yeah, you are feeling that. And you obviously, I know who you are and your family, like you are letting God into that. Yeah. And he's turned it around. Totally. Oh, for sure. So when I realized I wasn't going to get a job at Target anytime soon, I was like, I, I better start saying yes to some of these inquiries that are coming into my email. You got to make money. I got to make money. Yeah. Got to, I got this 60 grand going yes. on. Um, and so I applied a lot of things that I learned from talking to different business owners. Yep. Um, about pricing structure, about proposals, about better ways to do things. Um, something I was really stuck into was I still saw myself as that 
newly graduated 22 year old Mm -hmm. desperately messaging people trying to get work when that's not who I was anymore. Um, Mm. And so that gave me that gave me a lot of like leverage, if you will, to like ask for more because I was giving a lot more. And yeah the price I was asking didn't align with what I was giving. Um, and so I started to apply these, um, these things I was learning and I started to do the work really fast and by myself because I was like, I'm going to get a job soon. Yeah. So I can't like have help and I need to do these fast because I don't want to like freelance and have a job. Yep. And I paid off all my debt in a quarter. No. Yeah. In three months. Yeah. You paid back the 60 grand. Yep. Just by your business. Just through my business. Legend. And and the thing that was so, the thing that I kept thinking about was how God kept putting like those emails in the inbox. And, um, like something that you didn't necessarily search out, but then it's like a new inquiry. Yes, like, exactly. Boom, like right at the right time, like right as the other project finishes, the next thing comes in. Um, and I, I thought of, um, the story of Moses in Exodus he lives with the Israelites in the desert and they have no food and God provides this food called manna and they have the right amount for every day. And if they store it in their tent, it rots. Yeah. Um, and so just take the right amount for take the, the day right amount and trust and, for tomorrow. Right. And I had for a long time, let my, the things I, um, well, first of all, I was striving to like get this business and then I would store it all up and take too much. And like that, created the domino effect of hire people get a space you know and then it just like it was rotten um and so crazy what an analogy yeah that's awesome and so i just kept thinking like as work was coming in like i just want to be really diligent with what i've been given and um not just be accumulating all this work and you know it it takes discipline to figure out like how fast do I work and how do I put it on the calendar and all of that. And, um, but what I really learned from that season was to stop striving and Mm -hmm. to just like work with excellence. And I just know that the Lord provides. And so that experience now was like, you know, two ish years ago is at the start of 2016 where I was debt free. Um, and I was like, I feel like I have a fresh start. What do I want to do? Mm-hmm. And I was really passionate about styling, yeah. which I had been doing for my stationery company to sell my product and then really got to explore when I was in that studio space. Yeah. Um, and so I had let a lot of people in on what was going on with my business, yeah. you know, personal um, relationships. They yeah, knew, trusted people. Yeah, yeah, they knew what was going on. And so as they were a part of the story and saw the the complete turnaround and God's provision, they would mm-hmm. say, well, what do you want to do now? Yep. Um, and I was like, I, I want to do photo styling. And just from those conversations, people would connect me with other people. Um, and then publicly, I, I just would start to say on social media, I would say, um, now accepting styling clients. Yes. You know, you just like say it with authority and like very official. Yeah, you, like Now, you're doing now I have space for you if True. you want to yeah. do this. Um, and that's how I started doing it. And it, is that now the majority of your business is photo styling? It is. So at the start of this year, um, well, at the end of last year, I felt a prompting from the Lord, like yep. let go of branding for six months. So that was like more of my graphic design, web design, yeah. brand development. And I don't, I didn't know why. And I was like, I can't let go of that. That's like a great foundation to my income. Yeah. Um, and so probably not, but thanks for the tip. 
And then thanks God, but at, no thanks. Right. At the start of the year, I was like, why would I not listen to that when he is provided for me? Um, and also at the end of last year, Jason was saying to me, like, you know, I think you should stop thinking that you're in the desert eating manna. Like you're in the land of milk and honey. Like start to live like you're there. Yo, J Dog's my hero. <laughs> <laughs> what a great yeah, that's awesome. And so I was like, all right, I don't I'm going to stop. I'm going to say no to branding for six months. So yes, wow. for the last it's like huge faith step, huge, huge faith step. Um, because I'm like, I've only been doing this for two years. And sometimes you have like that imposter mentality where you're like, yeah. people are going to find out I'm actually not a stylist or photo director or art director or whatever. But you totally are. I, you know, like when you do something, you are you the are. thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I took that leap of faith and God just provided. And it's it's definitely been, um, I feel like I'm relying on myself way less. Yeah. Because I'm like, all right. You know, the way that photo work works versus design work is there's a definite start and stop yep. to those projects where graphic design can like linger for forever. Yep. And um, so there's been tons of things I've learned from stopping doing graphic design for these six months. And mm -hmm. so now in July would be the time where I would start, start doing it. And I'm honestly not sure like what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Um, is it just a personal decision now? Like the Lord just wanted to give me a season to see like, yeah, maybe you, that you like doing this more. Like, why don't you do that? So I'm unsure what maybe you'll is pick next. Granny back up. Maybe not. Maybe I will. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, so that's the story of Maymayco. Maymayco, that's amazing. <laughs> so, what are your what like if you had goals or things that you're looking forward to when you think about your business as well as family, you know, personally? But like, what are the things that you're looking forward to or goals that you've set for that? Yeah. So one of the goals I set this year was to be more um, reflective on the work I am doing. So I started yep. to keep a journal. And I have like six points that I go over in the journal for every project. Yeah. You know, what went, what went well, what was a win? Um, what didn't go well? Yeah. What's a step I can take right now so that that won't happen again? What are things I brought? I didn't need. What are things, um, I needed? I didn't bring. Um, and then I set like an intention outside of the work for every project that like has to do with like me. Intention? Um, so at one of the shoots, I had been reading this book about shame and yep. I realized how often, even if just in my own head, like I kind of shame people like, oh, that's weird. Why do you do that? Or like, you don't yeah, yeah. know, you've never experienced I was talking, this. Or, I was talking about that same point with somebody. I was like, you, you're raised like a certain way. And so people that live differently or do different yeah. things or come from a different upbringing, like, like, and, and even now that I'm trying to teach Adley, our daughter, like the way to live, like, you know, an example is like, I grew up like a funny example is like my parents always said like, Hey, smoking's wrong. Like, right. don't, like smoke, don't smoke cigarettes. But then every time I would see somebody smoke cigarettes, like, yeah, they're, they're dying and going to hell, you know, okay. because they smoke cigarettes, <laughs> you know, like they're the worst. Yeah. But that's not true. Like, so no. anyways, right. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. My own mind would shame different people right. just because my parents were trying to teach me the right way to go. That right. wasn't their intention, but right. like we carry these For sure. biases of like, if somebody's different, yeah. they're lesser than me. Right. Yeah, anyways. right. So during the week, like I'm mostly by myself. Um, and then when I'm on set, which can be like one to two days a week, I'm with a crew of people. Yeah. And so I realized, you know, my work is very um, physical and very, 
worldly in a way. Um, And so I started to just feel like, what is what is something like deeper I can get out of this? So for me, that's my intention. And so at this one shoot, I was going to work on not like having shameful thoughts in my head about people. Um, And in in this book, too, um, she was talking about like when you do say something that's like kind of judgmental or shameful, like identifying it and then apologizing. And so I even had to do that. That no shoot. Way. Yeah. I, I was sometimes out of the desire to try to be funny. Sometimes sure. I like am a little cutting. Yep. And so I apologized and the gal was like, I don't even really remember you saying that, but yeah, what great okay, awareness. <laughs> she's probably like, you're the nicest person I've ever I met or a little crazy or she, yeah, or she's like, yeah, that was weird. That was, that girl, <laughs> Why would that she say that? Weird. Now I feel uh, worse about myself. I know. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's like one of my goals right now is I'm a very, uh, like in the now kind of person. I am not naturally interested in planning. And so that's like one of my goals right now is to just like, I, to be looking at what I can improve now because that's like my best tool to like plan for my future because I, that's just not something I'm super interested in and. Um, sometimes I try to prompt myself, like, what's my three, five year goal? I don't necessarily have anything like that. Something I'm working towards right now is, um, this is like the thing I tell people never to do, but I don't have a portfolio. Um, and so I'm going to put one of those together. I should put one of those together. And so my goal with that is, and I'm very passionate about marketing. So I'm really excited to like put a portfolio together, put some print pieces together and like kind of go back to what I did 10 years ago and like reach out to the types of work, types of businesses that I would like to work for and just go to a new level with the type of projects I'm working on. Um, Something I would love to do. I don't know if you're familiar with Wes Anderson. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. like to like style on a set like that. That would be insane. I would love that. So like I'm trying to think like what are the big dreams that you could think about that seem crazy? Yeah. But like let me try to think about those and start to chase them because So Wes Anderson. So Wes Anderson. Got, uh, Megan Gonzalez. Give me He's a call. Looking, yeah, totally. Let's make a movie. Uh, Darjeeling Limited is one of my favorite <laughs> movies. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I'm not trying to promote it. I'm just saying. Yeah. 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 Wes, what a legend. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, cool. That's where you're going. May May is awesome. Kaylee and I, uh, my wife and I, we love you and Jason and uh, so thankful you guys are a part of our church and, and part of reaching people in Minneapolis. And yeah, I love hearing your story. It's like hopefully inspiring for other people, but uh, selfishly, like just in, in, inspired by how you guys live your life and the faith that you live by. I love those six questions that you're thinking like reflectively this year in everything that you do. I think that's super help, helpful. Um, as we wrap up, what, uh, how can people find you online, um, website and social media, things like that? So my website is maymayco.com. Yep. And maybe by the time you hear this, I'll have a portfolio. It's not maymay.co. It's maymayco.com. Yes. Got it. Yeah. Um, and then also you can find me on Instagram. It's maymay underscore co. Got it. Those are the two places. Those are the two best Finder. places. Finder. Go out or you her. can find me at River Valley, Minneapolis on yes. Sundays. That's church. That's where we go. It's <laughs> amazing. Shout out. It's Shout good. out. Good. I didn't tell you to do that. I know. It's amazing. But it's real. Okay. Two quick questions. Uh, what's your favorite book of all time? Uh, favorite book of all time. Well, a book I read a year ago that I really liked was um by this japanese gal marie kondo 
and it's called The Magic Act of Tidying Up. Yes. And then there's another book called Spark Joy. Yep. And it's about the idea of being really aware of the objects that you purchase and yes. then what you do with them. Yes. And, you know, she, I would say, overall has a different perspective on life as a whole, but a lot of her um, ideas of of how to not let your stuff own you, but you yes. own it. And like your life is about your life and not your stuff Yep. and how to like almost like get the stuff out of the way so yeah. you can do the things you're supposed to do. Um, I'm not kidding you when I say life changing. Like yeah. I spent so much time like sifting through different parts of our house and like my work stuff. And it is life changing how much time you don't spend like picking your junk up or like sifting yep. through stuff you don't need. And then how, how many less things I buy now? Because I'm like, what's the point of this? Where am I going to put it? Yep. Does it like bring joy? Yeah. Most things are. Yeah, isn't no. that the, the point of the, like what she writes in that for tidying up, it's like living a simplistic lifestyle, yeah. what you need, but everything that you have should spark joy right. in you. Like right. you should, if it doesn't get rid of it. Right. Like, and it's like the opposite of like horror. Right. Like, yeah, and she has you like hug stuff, which like I remember I was she has like a very specific did you order. Do it? Be honest. Oh, for sure. But she has like a very specific order, but it's kind of like when you get instructions and you're like, nah, I'll just do it how yeah. I want. So I started you're supposed to start with your clothes yep. because it's more personal. Yeah. But I started in the pantry and I was like hugging these like super emotional. Like plastic cups that are from like sports games, like Utah Jazz and like Minnesota Twins. And I'm like hugging these cups and I'm like this is so uncomfortable and no one's even watching me, but I've never felt more awkward. And so I put the cups down and I was like, I'm out. And then I came back to it like a year later and did the order she recommends. And it's more effective and you, and you feel more comfortable hugging your stuff. Crazy. All right. So what's it called again? The magic of the magic act of tidying up and yep. then spark joy. And spark you kind of need both, I think. Yeah, read both. It's yeah. great. And uh, second question is, if you had one piece of advice for somebody following in your footsteps, so somebody that looks up to you, maybe it's the same field, maybe it's not, but just wants to live a, a life that you're living now, one piece of advice for them. So something I did was I would look to people I admired and would say, I want the success they have or I want to make yep. the end product that they make. Um and so I'm kind of basing how I'm building my business off of what I see their end product. Yep. And I remember reading an interview with this woman I really admired and seeing what her day to day was like, you know, like, yeah. you know, at 6 a.m. I do this and at 10 a.m. I do this. One of those types of interviews. Yeah, she runs five miles at 430. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember looking at her day and thinking, I don't want that day like that doesn't fit my what I'm passionate about that doesn't fit my personality. Yeah. And it just made me really aware that sometimes I try to like be like people that I don't know what it takes to be yeah. that or make that. Sure. And really what your life's about is that, you know, that 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., like what you're doing in between. And so I would actually say don't try to be like somebody else for their end product, but try to be like people for their character. Yep. Um, and so looking at people from a distance through your phone or yep. TV or whatever is not going to give you probably the right model of who you're trying to become because you don't know what it takes to be that. You really need yep. an inside look. So I would shift gears in where you're finding that inspiration. 
That's great. Megan, thanks so much for being on the podcast. This is awesome. You are an exception to the rule. That's amazing. Here's my sign off. Don't laugh. As a rule, be an exception to the rule. We'll see you. Peace. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube or anywhere else podcasts are found. To stay connected with what we're doing, you can follow us on Instagram at Exception Podcast and visit our website at ExceptionPodcast.co. New episodes are releasing every Tuesday. If you know someone who's an exception to the rule and want us to share their story, you can let us know on our website. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. Shout out to our producer, Tissel, and my name's Kirk Graham. Until next time, as a rule, be an exception to the rule. Peace. Peace.